Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. As a Christian, you're never doing anything to try to get God to move in your life. Even if you are confessing the word, which you ought to do, you confess the word over your life, you're not confessing the word to try to get God to move. No, you are confessing the word to give life glory to God, to your faith in what Jesus has already done. You guys following me? And so let's look at this here. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, uh, chapter, chapter 28, starting in verse 1, the pattern of the law, I want you to see the pattern of the law. He says in verse 1, he says, And it shall come to pass, if thou, take note of those words, those two words, if thou, you can always recognize the pattern of the law when there is an if thou. If thou. And he says, It shall come to pass, if thou shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all of his commandments, talking about the commandments of Moses, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set you on high above the nations of the earth, verse 2, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou, take note of if thou, shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and then he goes into the blessing, blessed shall thou be in the city, blessed shall thou be in the field, but notice the condition, if thou, now look at verses 15 and 16, but it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all of these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And he says, Cursed shall thou be in the city, cursed shall thou be in the field. And so you see the pattern of the law is do all of the law, get the blessings, or do none of the law, or, or excuse me, miss, it, miss the law in one point, and then it's as if you had done none of the law, and you get all of the curses, you see. And so what I want you to notice is any time that you adopt that law-based mentality, when it comes to your relationship with God as a Christian, what you're doing is you are operating in the pattern of the law, and what you're doing is you're operating in the curse of the law. And I want you to see so long as you do that, it's always going to keep you conscious of your performance. And that simply means that as long as you're conscious of your performance, you're always going to notice areas where you could have missed it, guys. You ever notice when you're operating in this performance-based mentality, it's never enough. You know, you may have prayed for an hour today, but you know, then there's a voice that comes eventually, well, why don't, why don't you add another 30 minutes? You know, <laughs> you could have gotten up a little earlier, prayed a little bit more. You see, you witnessed to five people today. Well, that's not enough. We need you to witness to at least seven people. You know, seven is a good biblical number. <laughs> let's witness to seven people every day, okay? Let's, let, let's not only witness to them, let's make sure we get them born again, you see? And so <laughs> the pattern of the law really leads to this, this ob obsessive, uh, this compulsive Christianity disorder. <laughs> you see, in other words, it's never enough. I always got to perform. I always got to sweat and struggle to try to get God to move. You see, I want you to understand that is not how this thing is supposed to work. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. In the New Living Translation, this is the pattern of grace now. 
Remember, the law said, if thou... Now watch what grace says. He says, so all who put their faith in Christ. Notice the law is if thou. Grace is faith in Christ. You see, under the law, you're blessed if thou. Under grace, you're blessed because of your faith in Christ. He says, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Glory to God. And so, and so, the pattern of grace is I release my faith in what Jesus has already done now. Someone says, well, Brother Alex, we still got to do stuff. And, and absolutely, I, I, I agree, we still do things, we still do our part. But you see, you want to begin to understand that under grace, all of your doing now becomes works of faith. In other words, what you do is born out of your faith in Jesus, you see. You're not performing to try to be okay with God. You're not performing to try to get blessed. No, what you're doing is you are, glory to God, you're believing right. Remember, this new covenant is a covenant of right believing. This new covenant is a covenant of right believing. In fact, say that, out, say that out loud. Say, this new covenant is a covenant of right believing. Say, my job is to believe right. You see, it's a covenant of right believing. It is not a covenant that requires you to perform. The old covenant required us to do before God could do the new covenant requires us to believe on Jesus and receive glory to God, what he has already done and who he has already made us to be. Now, watch this. Actions are still involved, yet our actions will flow out of our right believing. Remember, I told you last week, guys, you, you can't really separate what you do from what you believe. I mean, you can't do it, is it? Uh, sooner or later, what you really believe is going to come to the forefront and it's going to be through something that you do. You see, and so, and so here's the danger, guys, of we got this sin consciousness mentality that has people thinking, well, Alex, praise God, I'm born again. But you know, Alex, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. <laughs> I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, friend, that is a very dangerous form of wrong believing because if you're just an old sinner saved by grace, which really doesn't make any sense, you know, if you're saved, how can you still be a sinner? You know, you're either saved or you're a sinner, so you're a sinner. You really need to go ahead and get saved, you see. I want you to understand if you're saved, the Bible does not call you a sinner. The Bible refers to you as a saint. Glory to God. The Bible refers to you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But you see, if your identity is still sinner, well, then what happens is, man, no matter how hard, first of all, what you're doing is, is now you, because you think you're a sinner, you think you got to perform to somehow become righteous, which, which isn't going to work. Because uh, you can never become righteous through your performance. You see, righteousness is a gift that you receive by grace. Amen. And so if you think you're a sinner, well, first of all, it's always going to keep you in a, in a performance-based mindset. And two, if you think you're a sinner, sooner or later, 
there's going to be some sin action in your life, you see. Because, you know, if, if you're a sinner, well, then, 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 then the fruit you've got to produce, because that's what you believe, what, what you do flows out of your believing, and so sooner or later, the action you're going to produce is sin action. You see. Now, I'm not saying that we don't sin under grace, but what I am saying is that when you fix your believing, man, when you begin to receive by grace who Jesus has made you to be, when you begin to replace that sin consciousness with a grace consciousness, with a righteousness of God consciousness, yeah, we still miss it from time to time, but I'm going to tell you the way that sin decreases in your life is not through you trying to perform under the law, identifying as a sinner, glory to God, no. The way that sin decreases in your life is you understanding uh, who you are in Christ and understanding what Jesus has already done for you, you see. And so you begin to identify as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Guys, I want you to understand that we are not what we do. You see, you don't ever want to identify with what you do. This is very important. It's important not only, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, sinner or uh, saint, it comes to every area of your life, man. You don't want to identify with what you do. You see, I, my identity is not in what I do. Um, right now I'm preaching the word to you, but I don't identify. My identity is not found in, in, in me being a, a preacher <laughs> or a teacher. You see, no. You see, my identity is defined by who Jesus has made me to be. My, my identity is, I'm a child of God, glory to God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, I'm the righteousness of God. If I live right, I'm the righteousness of God when I miss it, you see. And so your behavior does not determine your identity. Your identity, sooner or later, is going to determine your behavior, you see. And so you don't identify with what you do. You don't identify with your job. You don't identify with a position. You don't identify with some function that you have in your life. No, glory to God, your identity is found in Christ. You see, your identity is in Christ. Your identity is righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, and so your job that you do is not your identity. That's just a function. You see, I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right now, I'm functioning as a preacher and as a teacher. You see, I'm the righteousness of God. That's my identity. I'm a child of God. I might have a function where I function as a husband, where I function as a father, where I function as an author. You see, these are different functions. My identity is not found in what I do. You see, and in the same way, your identity is not found in your behavior. You see, if, if, if you sin that does not make you a sinner, is he as a born-again child of God? You're the righteousness of God. And, and, and eventually, every now and then, you might sin, but that doesn't make you a sinner. You're still the righteousness of God. It's just that you, 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 you sinned there. You, know, you missed it. And, and so, when you're no longer identified with the sin action, but your identity is found in Jesus, glory to God. Well, what happens is now you're no longer allowing guilt and condemnation to come in when you miss it, you see, because now you understand, yeah, I miss it every now and then, but you see, listen to this again, guys, God is not dealing with you based on your performance. You got to get this, child of God. God is dealing with you based on the perfect performance of Jesus Christ on your behalf. And so God does not see you in sin. No. 
If you're born again, I want you to know God sees you in Christ. God sees you righteous. And so now what he's saying to you is, he says, I, I need you to see what I see. I need you to, glory to God, I need you to begin to see yourself the way that I see you. I, I need you to begin to set your mind on the things above. I, I, I need you, glory to God, to begin to set your mind on what I say about you in my word. You see, when you begin to do that, now your life is going to start to work, you see. Praise God. And so what it boils down to is this, guys. Wrong believing will always keep us stuck in sin consciousness, whereas right believing delivers us from sin consciousness. You see, it's about believing right. It's about believing right. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 2. Romans chapter 5, verse 2. And guys, it is kind of warm again here in California, and so excuse me if every now and then I got to kind of deal with the heat here. It was kind of cool for the last two uh, weekends, but it looks like we have another heat wave here. And so uh, that's the thing. Beautiful California weather. Every now and then it gets a little bit warm. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> amen. 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 Uh, praise God. It's it's beautiful that we get to connect in this way. I'm here in California. You're wherever you, you're at. And here we are uh, connecting over the word. That is just awesome. Now, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 2, I want you to understand once again, guys, now, the, the Lord really had, has put this on my heart, and we're going to continue really exploring this, this uh, balance between grace and faith. You see, you got to understand that the gospel of grace is not a replacement for the word of faith. You see, you got to understand that, that, that you need faith and grace. Why? Because faith is how you begin to appropriate what grace has made. And so I absolutely believe that we first had to have the revelations on the word of faith and, 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 and the Holy Spirit had to bring these revelations back into the earth realm on faith. Uh, because without us understanding how faith works, we really would have no way of accessing what grace has already done. You see what I'm saying? Because, because faith requires you to believe that you're right with God, that you're righteous, even when your emotions contradict it, you see. Faith requires you to believe that you're delivered from sin consciousness, even if you don't feel it, you see. Because remember, guys, we're not trying to become free from sin consciousness. No, Jesus has already delivered us from sin consciousness. But when we believe right now, when we use our faith, and we believe I'm delivered from sin consciousness, that's how we begin to see and experience the manifestation of it in our lives. If you understand that, say amen. Now, he says here in Romans chapter 5, verse 2, in fact, let's read this out loud together if you're there. Let's read verse 2 out loud together. Ready? Read. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so notice that we access by faith the grace in which we already stand. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Notice that the pattern of grace always begins with what's already finished. We're already standing in grace. 
We're not trying to get grace. We're already standing in grace. We're already standing in our righteousness. We're already standing in our healing. We're already standing in our deliverance. We're already standing in our soundness. We're already standing in our prosperity. But now watch this. I need faith to access what grace has already provided. I want you to understand the Bible says grace has provided all things pertaining to your life and godliness. But you see, you need faith now to access what grace has made. Faith is like a key that unlocks the door behind which is everything that you need, you see. And so faith is what we use to access what grace has made. And he says we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hope, biblical definition of hope, is earnest expectation. Glory of God is talking about the manifestation of God's goodness in your life, you see. And so you as a Christian, you're not to walk around with a sin consciousness, always focused on your performance. Glory to God, the Bible says, you are to walk around uh, rejoicing glory to God in earnest expectation of seeing God's goodness in your life, you see. And so, and so that is to be our mindset we already have it, you see. We already have our deliverance from sin consciousness. We already have whatever we need. You want to really understand that because when you think that faith is performing to try to get God to do something, well, that's going to, you see, that's going to keep you stuck in the pattern of the law, guys. You see, the pattern of the law <laughs> is any time that you think you got to do to try to get God to do. Pattern of grace is it's already done. And now, now let me let me meditate the word. You see, now let me confess the word. Why not to try to get God to do it? No, but to to get it rooted and established in my heart. You see, when what's already finished and done becomes a reality in my heart, glory to God. That's when I'm going to see the manifestation of it in my life. And so, we're under the pattern of grace and faith. We are not under the pattern of the law. I trust you guys are tracking with me. Now look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 12 in the Amplified, and we'll be ready to jump into the meat of today's message. Galatians chapter 3, verse 12 in the Amplified. And I just got to teach this and reteach these things, guys, because, because we, we got to get off of this performance-based mentality in order for us to really, in order for the church to really begin to fulfill what God has put us in this earth to do, guys. You see, glory to God. I'm telling you, man, God is looking to do some, some extraordinary things. But you see, we got to get free from thinking that it's up to us performing. You see, we got to understand, oh, Jesus already performed perfectly. Now let's all put our faith in Jesus. And man, we're going to see some powerful things taking place. Look at what he says here, Galatians chapter th chapter 3, verse 12, in the Amplified. He says, uh, but the law does not rest on faith. <laughs> Notice that, the law does not rest on faith, guys. And so anytime you're under the law, anytime you're performing to try to get God to move, that is not faith, he says. He says, the law does not require faith. The law has nothing to do with faith. For it itself says, he who does them, the things prescribed by the law, shall live by them, not by faith. You see, the law says that you are right by what you do, but you're not right because of your faith in Jesus. And so the law really is not faith because the law, guys, I want you to see that the law 
really does not require you at all to uh, to trust in God. No, the law actually the law actually gets you to trust in your own performance, and so the law really is resting on your own performance. And I'm going to show you today that ultimately, when you put your trust in your own performance, that's what what what, what operating in the flesh is all about. You see. You see, the flesh is, is ultimately, you know, there's different ways that the flesh is talked about in Scripture, but one way that the flesh is talked about in, in Scripture, as we'll see later today, glory to God if we get to it, amen, <laughs> praise God, uh, as we'll see, uh, flesh, one of the definitions of flesh, guys, is performance, is self-effort. And so the law, the law causes you to trust in yourself. The law produces self-righteousness. Because a guy who's under the law, there's two things that happen. Either you realize you can never perform right, and so you have a like this heightened sin consciousness, or you can actually be under the law and be deceived into thinking that you're actually okay with God based on what you do. Well, that's going to perform. Uh, that's going to produce uh, self-righteousness, guys. And 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 you know, self-righteousness is unrighteousness. Because the only true righteousness there is, glory to God, is Christ's righteousness. And it is received by, by receiving Jesus, man. It's received as a gift, you see. See, a self-righteous person is going to be a person who goes around judging and condemning other people for their sin. And so I believe that one of the reasons we have so many self-righteous people in churches, guys, is is because of this pattern of the law <laughs> is a someone who judges and condemns other people it's two things either they're under condemnation themselves or they're just so deceived by their self-righteousness that you think you're okay with God because of your performance and so since you think you're okay and you don't have any issues well you see that's gonna cause you to judge some other people you see who still got some issues you see but man when you understand Glory to God, this gospel, which says, man, all of us still have some issues going on. <laughs> you see, there's not a single person, guys, who's okay with God based on their performance. I don't care who you are. You still got some issues going on. You see, everyone in the house, guys, has got some issues going on. You see, you see, you see. You see, and so you want to recognize that. And what that does is, man, that actually now, you see, you, you recognizing that, you understanding, yeah, I, 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 need, I need some help here, you see, I, I can't do this thing without, without you, Lord. And so now you, depending on God, well, that's now going to allow him to work on the inside of you. And he's going to help you with the issues that you've got. Rather than you performing under the law, trying to do it in your own effort. You see, when you're in self-effort and performance, God just kind of sits back and says, well, I'm going to just let you do your thing here. And, and, and um, whenever you're ready to accept my help, I'm going to be there and I'm going to help you, you see. And that's exactly what the law did, guys. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more about our ministry and to download the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, simply head to graceworldonline.org forward slash give. And I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.